So much attention has been given to the dangers of COVID-19, yet the negative side effects of isolation and quarantine are rarely being discussed. Graham Bretherick joins us today to talk about the mental and emotional effects that COVID is having on so many. It's easy to fall prey to fear and anxiety, but we can also respond in faith. You'll want to hear what Graham has to say, so stay tuned. Welcome to Lifeline Today. We're so glad that you're part of the program. Yes, we have something very special to share because, well, Joan, you know, we've been in this really unusual year. Oh, my goodness. And uh, who would have predicted this? And who would have ever predicted it would have gone the way it has? Mm -hmm. But what we want to talk about today, everyone's certainly aware of what COVID-19 is, but there's a lot of stuff going on that isn't being addressed. A lot of the collateral damage and that is involved in uh, the emotional side effects, business people who are losing their businesses and others. And I don't have to elaborate much of that. You know that is the case. I want to remind you, though, that our per lines are open throughout the program. They get busy particularly towards the end. So I always encourage you to call early. And we're always happy to hear from you. That's another <laughs> thing we really delighted, uh, are delighted when you call in. I want to welcome you to the program. Graham, it's good to have you here. Graham Frederick, you're good not to have new. you here, friend. <laughs> We've had you. Do you know what, Graham? I was looking back, and you were, I think, our first guest of our regular, when we launched the program. There, it was a relaunch in 2015. Could be. I don't remember. Yeah. I was looking back and it's just sort of, you know, interested in the history. And I went back yeah. and it was in uh, February 1st right. of uh, 2015 and you were a guest and we were recording. Look at that. But you've been a pastor for many years, a registered psychologist for over 40 years. Yes. And wow. that's good. And I know yeah. you have also your lead Run Free Ministries and you have the Run Free Counseling Center that you oversee. And right. You've started, right? Right. Uh, welcome to the program. Thank you. Good to be here again. Again, yeah. Yeah, that goes way back, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we've had you back on a number of occasions. Yes. But you know what we want to talk about today, and I know l many of our, our viewers are feeling these things themselves. We hear it in our prayer center. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, it, it troubles me that this gets such little attention. Mm. You know, uh, when, when restrictions are placed upon our culture, our society, and nobody can have Christmas together, you know, Sad. that's what they said. Right. And, and, I, this is, and no one ever thinks, well, what's the emotional side effect of this if you're a senior isolated all year alone? Right, yeah. And now you're even more isolated. Right. I, I actually think that, use the word collateral damage, we're going to see that down the road yet. <clears throat> when they find, finally get a vaccine going, which they're just starting to get now, that's not going to solve the problem, in my mind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, because you've created a lot of emotional mental, social issues, and perhaps even spiritual issues that are part of it. So I have a question. Would it be true that people initially, you know, they, they bear up under it, mm. but over a longer period of time, that sort of wears away? Right. And then the, finally, they have no resolve left. Yeah. They crumble. Yeah. It's the same thing, you know, you find students. I worked at Lethbridge College for a number of years, and the students, as time would go, this pressure would mount, the pressure would mount, and towards the exams coming in touch, and then all this stuff would show up just yeah. around exam time. Well, this is a similar kind of a thing. So you're thinking that this is going to be the case? 
I, I think we're going to see much more down the road and we're going to be surprised by it because we're focusing on the physical and the implications of the COVID-19, but it's much bigger in my mind. The when, fear is so widespread though. Yes. It's, you know, when, when this whole thing began, there was a, a measure of fear, but I find now as, you know, as we're months and months right. into it, that the fear is much greater than it was before. Right. And people are not just fearing for their uh, personal health, but they're fearing uh, loss of their jobs. They're fearing for their children. Sorry. They're fearing their uh, son or brother or whatever that is, um, you know, mentally affected. Right. And uh, Graham, just talk to us a little bit about fear, negative and positive fear, because right. I know that you talk about that some fear can be positive. Right. Well, the Bible talks about the fear of the Lord. Mm -hmm. yeah. The fear of the Lord gives us wisdom. It's the beginning of wisdom. So we need fear in the right time. I don't cross the street without having a little bit of, I check, I look. Yes. That's just simply called fear in the positive sense. Otherwise, I, I mean... Text you. Yeah, in India, I remember because the traffic goes the other <laughs> way. <laughs> yeah, I always, oh, I, I need that fear to preserve Doesn't my life. Doesn't the go every way? <laughs> well, it does. Pretty much. Right? But, it, but they ride on the so. other side of the road, so it's... Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. So, yeah, so fear that you don't deal with will eventually, negative fear that you yeah. don't deal with will turn into anxiety. Mm. Wow. And so anxiety is basically unconscious, unaware. We're unaware of a lot of it. We see the implications of it, but we're unaware of it. If you don't deal with anxiety, it turns into anxiety attacks. And so then that creates, you, those become a little more obvious. If you don't deal with that, it turns into panic attacks. Mm -hmm. And now that's really obvious when people have actual panic attacks. But right now, I think we're dealing with a lot of anxiety. We're yeah. very anxious. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you think about it, like I, I look at it this way personally. If I die, I know where I'm going. Yeah. I'm not wanting to die prematurely. All the days ordained for me are written in this book. I'm not going to die prematurely. However, if I were to die, I, I, don't, I don't fear death in that sense. But a lot of people are very anxious about death yeah. and about the possible implications of what COVID-19 could yeah. bring to them. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's what's driving this? It's, it does seem different. Like we've had mm. Ebola. We've had some very serious right. epidemics in the past or pandemics. Mm -hmm. And yet this one just seems to have grabbed hold of the fear and right. gone to the maximum. Right. Well, I mean, COVID-19 is a real issue. So mm -hmm. I'm not ever saying it's not. But our reaction to it, I think, is probably yeah. somehow worse than it has been in the past, in my estimation. What do you think has driven that, Graham? Well, I think it's an enemy thing, quite frankly. Yeah. He's got an <laughs> agenda. It's a spiritual thing. He's got an agenda. And when people are afraid, they, um, they, they cloister down, they react, they, they become angry. A lot of actually, when you're anxious, you're much more vulnerable to becoming angry. Yeah. And we've shut our families up yeah. in their houses for months wow. at a time right. and what happens when you're anxious and you're stressed and you may not have a job to go back to you're right. uncertain about a lot of things what happens is suddenly things erupt right. have you seen that i think so because people have to live by faith now even if they don't have a faith in god they still have a faith in the system yeah. And so the faith in the system is breaking down. Uh, we don't trust the government. We don't it trust really this. Is. It's, it's breaking down. Yeah. So we live. I don't get on. You don't get onto a plane without having a degree of faith in the pilot, yes. the engineers, the ground crew, all yeah. of that. You, the, you have a certain amount of faith. We live with a, a level That's of faith. That's always been, right? It's always mm -hmm. been. But then when you create all this anxiety, the, for me, the issue is focus. 
what are you focused on? So a lot of people, when, when they have a faith and they're focused on God, I, I'm, I feel quite safe in the midst of all of this. Quite frankly, I do. Mm -hmm. all right? If I focus on the circumstances and all that's going on in our culture, then I become the opposite. I become very fearful and mm -hmm. I become anxious and it just spirals down. So I often ask to people, what are you focused on? Yeah. Like, what are you actually focused on? And so they, well, I'm focused, and they, they, they I, tell me what they're focused on. I say, yeah, wrong thing. Yeah. You're focused right. on COVID-19. It's well, a real yes. issue, but you're focused on I know wrong. some folks that are close to us who they talk to their parents who watch one particular television net network. <laughs> and this network has just filled them with every kind of yes. negative oh, kind yeah. of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, very anti, they're yeah. in there in America, so very anti-Trump, very anti-everything, and the whole pro COVID thing. And it has literally shut these folks down. Yeah. They can't even talk to yeah. anybody because this thing has driven them. So there's their reflection of what you said. What right. do you focus on? And I right. wonder about media, even in Canada. We no longer have media that are balanced. I, used, I agree. Used to be a balance of view. You had to present all sides. You don't right. do that anymore no. in, the, no. in media, it seems. I, it seems like they've been bought. And I'm, I'm trying to be careful. I was just going to say that. And they get paid to do that. <laughs> Well, they did. I think well, they have been bought. The thing is, if you stand up and say, this is not the way it is, the general, you get pushed, shut, shut right down and pushed aside and, and you're dismissed. And yeah. you know what? I'm just noticed, and this is just even recently, someone sent me a video and it's a doctor saying their point of view on this in, in Alberta. YouTube blocked it. Yeah, yeah. And this uh, violates our yeah. community standards. Right. Well, now you have somebody arbitrarily saying, what is or isn't free speech. Mm -hmm. I think that's actually a horrific violation of our, uh, our culture, democracy, right. which right. permits free speech. But I, I mean, I saw it, I saw it right on the screen. This, and it wasn't any more than a doctor saying, hey, this is the real situation. Right. I saw recently, uh, someone sent it to me, about 20 doctors in Europe and US, no Canadians, but anyway, and they're basically most, I think, there were about 20 doctors, about 17 of them were doctors, so they were all saying, be careful of the vaccine that's coming. Be careful, mm -hmm. right? be alert. They're yeah. all saying, I, I wouldn't advise you to take it. So now I wonder how long that's going to end up before yeah. it's shut down. So yeah, right. making this point, do you think this contributes an, again to the anxiety? Because now you can't even have differing points of view? Yeah. Well, I, I think so. I mean, you just think about children. If you don't allow them to talk in the family, you can't talk, you can't talk, you create an anxious generation with a lot sure of children. Do. And yeah. I think that's one of the things that parents need to do is communicate with their yeah. children. Otherwise, you're creating a lot of anxiety within the family, within the school system, and it just goes on and on. Yeah. Do you think that the effects of the anxiety, the worry, the, the mental strain are in the end, Graham, going to be more than the effects of the disease itself? Well, personally, I think so. But I also think it's pushing us to a place where we may need God more than we realize. Right now, who needs God? We got everything under control, everything's fine, yes. etc. Now the, the economy goes down, the culture goes down, and etc. And then people are going to awaken. Now, some people will get more desperate. Yeah. I realize that. On the other hand, you'll get people who say, we need some answers, and we yeah. haven't found any answers in the present culture. Really. I, so I, great opportunity for us I think so. as a church to I think so. share the gospel. Yeah. I'm hearing this. We're seeing people rededicating their lives to the Lord. Mm -hmm. uh, some, many getting saved, many coming to the Lord. People that wouldn't talk to you before, right. 
people that weren't interested, now they're looking for an answer. Who's really, it seems like no one's in control. Anybody can do anything. Is somebody in control? Yeah. yeah. So right. is God in control? Absolutely, he is. Yeah. <laughs> well, tell us. Like, I've been in China many times, all right? right. So, and the church was shut down in 1949 by Mao Zedong. And, and then it went underground, and a lot of people uh, reneged on their faith, etc. But then the church started to grow and grow and grow. And the Chinese church, it's amazing what you see going on there. And a lot of it is because they were, they were pushed down and they said, no, we want, we want faith. We want something. Mm -hmm. And so I think right now that's one of the things people are going to say. We need some answers that are more than just going to get me through the next yeah. you know, year, six months, whatever. So what you're saying, <laughs> is that our culture has made Christians too casual about their faith. Yes. Well, <laughs> you're going to get me onto my, my favorite topics. I think what God is doing right now, the Holy Spirit is doing, he's, he's saying to the church, are you a believer or are you a disciple? Wow. Right. See, being a believer, it costs him, didn't cost me. Mm -hmm. yeah. I get to have my salvation. I'm going to heaven when it's all over. Being a disciple, you know, from the New Testament, it costs you to be a disciple. Yeah. And I don't think many North Americans have really understood paying the price. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I don't know that I've understood it totally yet either. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, so well, we, we have said this uh, at the beginning of the year. We looked into uh, 2020 and, and the Lord seemed to speak to us that it was going to be a year of sifting. Yes. This was yes. before COVID was even on the radar as far mm -hmm. as we were concerned mm -hmm. in Canada. But um, we didn't understand what that really meant. But now we can see it yes. because there's such division in the church. Yes. But also God is saying, who is your trust in? What right. if I take this away? What if I remove that? Who is your trust in? And uh, is that what God is up to? Is it a sifting? Preach it, Joan. Preach it. It's right <laughs> on. It's right on. I think that's what it is. I think yeah. he's sifting. Uh, and, and actually, it's a good thing. I mean, it, it doesn't appear to be good right now. But in the long run, if the church is going to grow strong and we're going to produce disciples, yes. we have to be disciples to produce disciples. You're a believer, you can produce believers. But if we're going to produce disciples, we have to be a disciple. So mm -hmm. I, I was talking to a, a, a national leader in our nation. He was <laughs> referring to a large church. And I won't say where. Right. So, but he said the, uh, that church had an average... Uh, weekly attendance of 7,000. Oh. And um, wow. he said from throughout the process, the attendance has gone down to 250, 280 to 250. Goodness. And, um, and, it, and then he said, this isn't just the one I'm using as an example. This is repeated in many other churches. And, um, and again, I don't want to define the type of church it was, but evidently, the church was built around uh, probably as easy as the possible, just come, enjoy yes, something, right, or right. it's entertaining, and then without the discipleship factor. Right. And, mm -hmm. uh, but he, he was saying this is what has been seen. Now, you know, we often acknowledge that many of those churches will recover a certain percentage, but there have been right. a definitely a falling away. Yes, I th and I think that's true. But then, of course, that's biblical. You know, if you read Revelation, there's going yeah. to be a, a falling away in uh, Second Timothy, First Timothy, where it says, you know, there's going yeah. to be a falling away again. And so that's not a surprise to me, mm -hmm. but I think it's God's way of saying, I want, I want Christians to be a real 
pursuing me and knowing that it's going to cost them. Right. And I believe that God is doing this work because there's something coming yes. where God is going to require disciples. For some of our viewers that are watching, just in, in your own way or in your own words, describe what a disciple is as compared to what a believer is. Uh, I know you said a little bit, but maybe well, just go A disciple into is someone under discipline. Think about the term. It's yeah. someone under discipline. In other words, I'm on, in obedience to what uh, God has asked me to do. A, a believer basically can say, I believe this, but I live my own lifestyle. But yeah. really, the disciple is a lifestyle of following Jesus Christ. And that is quite different. And so that will challenge us in terms of how we, you know, how we treat our marriages, for example, mm -hmm. and how we raise our families and how we do our business mm -hmm. and, and how we function in our culture and how we function with our neighbors and how we, how we spread the gospel. You know? And that, that's what I think. So I, I think the North American church, maybe the European church as well, is in need of a shaking up. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm not looking forward to being shaken up. I mean, I'm not I, either, <laughs> but, quite but frankly, I kind of see it's on the radar. <laughs> and I, I would, I want to, I am a disciple of Jesus Christ, and yes. I want to be, and I want to bring others into that discipleship. Yeah. Well, That's a lot a really of people good. are nominal in their faith, yeah. nominal. They want to be saved, but they really don't want to change their life here. That's right. And what you're saying is that there is no option there. Yeah. Jesus is either Lord or he's nothing, right? right. Uh, now, how does that play into this? Because... Would you say that if you were a nominal Christian, you might be suspect to or subject to more anxiety and fear? Well, yeah, because if I don't I think if your faith doesn't work, I often ask people, is your faith religious mm. or is it real? Yeah. And if my faith works, then it's going to it, it implicates every part of my life. It indicates how I treat my wife if my faith is real. Yeah. Right? So when I hurt her, I, I acknowledge that, I confess that, I repent before her. And so that's part of being a disciple of Jesus Christ. You know? yeah. But it implicates how I raise my children, it implicates how I function yeah. in business, it implicates everything we do. Yeah. You know, I think the second factor is, and, and I know there's many in our viewership you know, there are, that are uh, <laughs> older, and their fear is, I know all that, and Jesus is my Lord, but does he really love me? Will he really look after me? Now, that's yeah, maybe that's some huge. insecurity. What, what would you say to those people? Because I know there's quite a few. Right. Well, behind a lot of the fear, where does it come from? It comes because I've, I'm insecure. Mm -hmm. And how secure is my faith? How secure am I in my relationship with Jesus? And so, I mean, insecurity is one of the largest issues in counseling that I deal with. Yeah. Right. So a lot Say of that issues. again because it's really important. <laughs> Insecurity is, is one the... of the largest issues I deal with in counseling. Yeah. And one of the things when I raised my family, I raised them with the idea I wanted them to become secure. Yeah. Didn't do it perfectly, of course, but that was my goal to raise raise emotionally secure children. And now in the church, I want to do the same thing, and I want to see emotionally secure adults functioning in the church. Because the church will wow. not function as a, out of a place of security unless it's filled with people who are mostly spiritually secure. Mm. And my faith has to work for me. Yeah. Well, you know what I, I believe is this, is that it's walking through hard times. Yes. Where the Lord proves himself faithful is right. that where you build your security. Well, we live in a culture that don't want any hard times. No. Yeah. Right. We <laughs> want the easy road. Right. But, but the reality is that's where you really learn 
like, like David said it in this way. He said, I was once young, now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor their seed begging bread. In other words, he says, I've been through a lot of stuff, and the God has always been there. So, Graham, just very right. quickly, what is the world looking to see from the church today? I, I think basically looking for reality. Mm -hmm. Show me the reality. If your faith works, how does it affect how you live, how you handle the COVID-19 issue, mm -hmm. how you handle the business failures, how you handle the pressure and the stress. I'm, I'm trying myself to figure out that God never worries. So why am I worrying? And basically the Bible says worry is sin, right? Yeah. So, so it calls it sin, and, and don't, I don't want to condemn people. That's just, look, so if I'm worrying, I'm not trusting. I can't worry and trust at the same time. Mm -hmm. yeah. So then if I'm worrying, then use that as a, a moment of revelation. Oh, sorry, Father, I need to repent. I need to come back to a place of trusting you to whatever's on my plate, whether it's finances, whether it's health issues, whether it's family issues, whether, you know, what we do about Christmas time. You know, yeah. that's yeah. a worry for a lot this of people. This has been yeah. very sad. It has. Yeah. 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 We're going to come back and talk to you a little more and finish up and pray for you. Uh, you know what? The Lord's in control. Yes. Help change the spiritual climate of Canada by becoming a monthly partner with Lifeline Today with Dick and Joan. All donors will receive this year's Lifeline Today fridge magnet, a reminder that you stand together with Dick and Joan for Canada. Pledge your support of $25 a month and receive our latest booklet entitled Your Lifeline Today, Scriptures for Your Every Need. In it, you'll find prayer strategies, scriptures, and testimonies to build your faith for healing, family salvation, finances, and more. Partner at $50 a month and also receive this leather-bound journal entitled Sacred Time, Sacred Place. This journal will bring greater intimacy to your daily time with the Lord. Lifeline Today has also commissioned this wooden plaque engraved with the priestly blessing found in number six. Carved into fine maple, this blessing will be a constant reminder to your family of God's protection and faithfulness. It's our thank you gift to you for your faith-filled partnership of $100 a month. Your tax-deductible donation will empower this ministry to release the prophetic voice of God across our nation. Call today and say yes to becoming a partner with Dick and Joan. Proverbs 15, 15 says, everything seems to go wrong when you feel weak and depressed. Isn't that the truth? But it says, when you choose to be cheerful, every day will bring you more and more joy and fullness. But how you say, can we choose to be cheerful? Well, there's only one way, and that's to draw close to Jesus. You know why? because the Bible says he's anointed with the oil of joy above his fellows more than anyone else. Are you feeling weak and depressed today? We'd love to pray with you. We wanna help you to tap into Jesus, tap into his joy, unspeakable and full of glory. Tap into his peace, that peace that passes all understanding. We'd love to pray for you. Give us a call right now, 403-942-0123. You know, that's Jill right there in the prayer center. There's a little corner there that's set aside for people to come in all week long, anytime, and just sit there and pray. And there's a box with prayer requests there. You notice there's other things that are there so they can pray. And that room is just constantly being saturated with prayer as well as all your prayer requests. We have uh, Graham Berthick with us. He has several books I have here in my hand, uh, several of them. The Fear Shift, Healing Life's Hurts, also Free to Be Me. These are all books available and you'll see that on your screen. Uh, available on Amazon as I understand. 
Right, except for the fear shift, um, you'd have to get it through me. Yeah, the, you can contact here and, and we can get that to you. All of these are very, very, I would say, core issues yeah. yes, that people are. handle emotionally. And the, the one, Healing Life's Hurts, is really dealing with anger. It is. And uh, when I, I've given this book recently to people who have dealt with this and they go, this, man, where was, I needed this a long time ago. It really revolutionized their life. Just speak a little bit to the anger issue because it does escalate from right. a lot of the other, you know, fear, anxiety. Right. Well, God issues. gave us anger um, to deal with danger. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's a, there's a positive side to anger. And so that's the good side. The negative right. side is if we don't deal with things properly, then it turns inward, becomes depression. That's what depression is, is mm -hmm. anger turned inward. Or we take it outward and we express it in destructive or counterproductive ways. So anxiety, because I don't know what to do with it, and it's repressed, mm -hmm. then it will often create a lot of anger. So the, the, there's a real correlation between uh, anxiety and anger. Yeah. Well, you've probably dealt with a lot of this in your Lots. practice, haven't you? Lots. In the last several months. It's an ongoing theme. Anger is an ongoing, along with the anxiety, they're and ongoing so themes. I would imagine it's Christians and non-Christians as well. So what do you, how do you deal with them? What do you do when they come with anger issues? Well, we listen to them first and let that anger come out because repressed anger is not healthy. That's the most unhealthy aspect is push it down, push it down, push it down. And so a lot of people come in because they either don't know how to deal with it or they've they haven't repressed it, they've expressed it in destructive ways. Mm -hmm. So we're dealing with anger and we, we get them to talk about it, work it through, and then we have an exercise, it's in the book, called the forgiveness exercise. Yeah. And we've worked that through with many, well, many people. Awesome. You know, there's many of you that may, well, you may say, well, that it really relates to me, but maybe you also know someone very close to you in your family and the situation, particularly through this year, has become even more intense. Uh, the Healing Life's Hurts book is about anger. And, uh, but all of these uh, core issues that Graham just mentioned that he deals with, his three books will address them. And I'm gonna tell you, they are an excellent resource. Some of the best that I've ever seen. And as a, uh, my role as a pastor as well, I've given it to many people and seen them really impacted by this. Well, we wanna pray for you as well. And of course, if you have prayer requests, please make sure you call in and or email or text us, text us and let us know what the need is, and they'll certainly be praying over you and get back to you on that as well. Lord, we just lift up these ones who are yes, watching this program today. And I just felt many are really seeing anger, mm. anger in themselves and anger in people around them. We just pray, Lord, first of all, that the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will rule in their hearts and minds and preserve and keep yes, them Lord. through this season. But Lord, you also know that your word will set people free. And yes, so I Father. pray, Lord, that your word will find entrance into yes. their hearts and minds mm -hmm. and yes. healing will spring forth. Father, we know that your spirit, it says this in the scriptures, that when the enemy comes in as a flood, your spirit will lift up a standard yes. against them. Yes. Your spirit is available <laughs> right now to bring healing in your precious name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Graham, Thank for being you, a Graham. part of us, uh, this program today, and very helpful. Could actually do a lot more in this if we really wanted to delve into the detail of it. <laughs> See you next week. Yeah, exactly. We could take the entire nation through a counseling session, right? That'll go on for about a year. I think that's about right, though. There's a need for this in a lot of folks yeah. uh, following this time. This time. And, uh, of course, we really appreciate hearing from you. 
you know, you have been such a blessing throughout the entire year, your partnership. Now, you know, it's been a struggling year, I know, for some people, but we are so thankful that you have been generous, and we really appreciate it, and God bless you for that. And we see this year as even the better year for you. And uh, we'll be praying for you and watching for you and, and hearing from you. It's a blessing when we do. God bless you, and we'll see you again next time. Bye-bye. This program is supported by viewers like you, and we thank you for partnering with us. We want to hear from you. Send us your prayer requests, praise reports, and comments about the program. To watch past episodes, learn about the ministry, or contact us, visit our website at dickandjoan.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Lifeline Today with Dick and Joan and on our YouTube channel, Dick and Joan TV.